0: The book was better.
1: Here, I snapped so that it would be matching volume.
0: <laughs> there you go. I mean, there's a clear line yeah, in my recording. Yeah, of, you can I definitely can see it. Up. It's fine. Yeah.
1: All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Book Was Better podcast. My name is Kaylee Clark. I'm Taylor Colette, And thank you all for your patience as this episode is coming out kind of late, but chaos is reigning in the yeah, life I'm, of
0: Taylor. <laughs> I'm mid move. I'm currently sitting on a mattress on the ground of our apartment. It's just a lot she's holding the microphone in her hand yeah, I'm holding the microphone in my hand who knows what the her audio quality is going to be like this is just a lot hopefully the dogs next door don't start barking and the bullfrogs don't start going but if they do, you know we're just giving you a full ambiance experience
1: your, your, final, your final sound moments, those final sound bites of Hawaiian living okay? yes <laughs>
0: Yes, the um, next time you hear an, a full episode, we're, we're still going to do a few mini-sodes before I'm in Arizona. But the next time we have a full episode, it'll be recorded in Arizona, which is very exciting. But, you know, we got to get there first.
1: Yeah, things are happening. So they packed up all their stuff. And it's on yes. a cargo container thingy, ready to go yep. on a ship. Yes, they dropped their car off and it's ready to get shipped across the ocean. So yep. she's now We're stranded getting there We're without getting a car there. for like a week. But, you know, yeah, I'm
0: just trapped in my apartment. It's fine. At least the car will then be there when you land on the mainland. <laughs> yes, yes. At least, you know, we'll we'll survive. We'll be OK. But it's, we move in to our new place May 1st. So a little less than a month. <laughs> And we'll finally be settled. So exciting. Yeah, it'll just be an
1: exciting time. Bear with us. There's lots of changes. But um, today we are playing some catch up. And we are finally covering Love and Gelato by Jenna Evans Welch, which we were originally going to do. In February for our Valentine's episode. Yeah, this is a chaos very. Before ensued in February.
0: <laughs> very, very belated Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> um, this was my first time
1: reading the book and watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed the book.
0: It's not like yeah. I didn't think I wouldn't enjoy it. It definitely sounded like one of those books where I'm like, "Mm, "Is this for me?" It would be a little too
1: Lizzie McGuire movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you know, um, where I I was like, "Is this the kind of teen romance book that like I would have adored as a 13 year old, 14 year old girl?" Mm -hmm. But as like an almost 30 year old woman, is it really going to resonate? Um, <laughs> but I was pleasantly surprised that the main focal point, I'm going to say, despite the title being love and gelato, um, isn't necessarily romance.
0: Yeah, which, um, it's I the gelato.
1: Really, it's, yeah, of course. No, <laughs> um, But we'll get into it. Um I mean, so I guess just other announcements real quick before we dive into it too much is obviously the store is closed yes. f- until further notice. Because um, it's all on a cargo
0: up. ship. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it'll open up again sometime in May <laughs> once Taylor's a little bit more settled. Yes. and um, But
0: a plus side, when it reopens, I'll be able to have a lot more inventory and we'll be able to launch variety. new product lines. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's pros to the closing. It'll be even better when it reopens. Mm -hmm. So we'll be excited about that. Um,
1: We still need book recommendations. Um, After Taylor is mainland side, um, we do still plan on doing holes, um, which is just kind of like a childhood favorite of mine. Um, Cl- the nostalgia of watching it on middle Disney channel. school
0: classic
1: the, the <laughs> bringing it back to you know when Disney Channel would play like little clips of music videos and behind the scenes of their movies on the Disney channel like as a commercial <laughs> yeah and the casts all singing that song remember dig it up uh oh dig it yeah. Yeah, because I'm the caveman or whatever—I don't remember all the words—or I'm the bone man <laughs> or something—I don't remember. Um, I remember the hey. tune, not the words.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're jumping ahead. That we'll, um, we'll get to that. We'll yeah, get to so that. We'll,
1: but in between now and another like main episode, it's probably going to be like Taylor said—a couple mini sodes in a row—just um, so that we can knock them out easily. Um, while Taylor I don't doesn't have, really have access I don't have to books. her books, to really much of anything. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think we're good to start. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, Love and Gelato by Jenna Evans Welch was published in 2016. And then the movie is a Netflix original movie, so it was never released in theaters, but it was released on Netflix in 2022 and is still available to watch on Netflix. I I personally feel like it might have, it probably would have come out earlier. Like this book would have been adapted sooner, if not Mm -hmm. the pandemic.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: Kind of stopped everything from filming, so... Nothing, nothing could be made during that year or more. Um, Yes. But it was directed by Brandon Camp. The screenplay was done by Brandon Camp. The music was done by, and this is what what I like. So the music and casting names sound Italian. So they at least did bring in some actual Italian blood into this production. The music was done by, Costas Cristides. I don't know. I'm just making things up now. And Jorgelina. I'm gonna De laugh if
0: Jorgelina these people aren't De Italian. <laughs>
1: what if
0: What's they're the not Italian and you just Listen, slaughtered their names? How else
1: would you say that name? At least the casting director's name. <laughs> Jorgelina De Petris Pochintestas. That is so Italian. Even when I'm not saying, <laughs> even when I'm not saying it in my really crappy Italian accent, okay. <laughs> Um, I mean, we'll get into it, but I feel like this story in particular, being directed and adapted for the screen by
0: a man, probably, it might have had an effect. Probably, on it. what's the word I'm looking for? Like fed into, contributed some of the problems. Contributed. Thank you. That's the word.
1: Yep. Yep. Contributed to some of the issues that I have. With yeah, the movie. I would
0: agree with that for sure. Um, I would say of those people you listed, one of them did a good job. Good job, Costas. The music was <laughs> music. music <great>. Can't complain. <laughs> yep. Um, the others could have done better. Mm,
1: we'll talk about it.
0: <laughs> so. Um,
1: Brief summary that will follow both the book and the movie. It's Lena's mom dies of cancer and she is sent to live in Florence. No, see, because in the movie it's not Florence. No, Italy. She is sent to live to it in Italy with her estranged father. Nope. That's not what happens in the movie, though. Yes, it is. She thinks he's. It's, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, but she is thought. But she, she, she
0: thinks she doesn't she think, live no, you're with right, him. It's
1: different. You're. Right, it's annoying. No, she thinks Howard's her father.
0: No, but, but she doesn't live with him in the movie. She lives with Francesca.
1: Oh my gosh, you're right. Oh my gosh, the movie is so a dumb. mess. <laughs> 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 Never mind, she's spent to. She's sent to live in Italy. She's sent to, to live in, to in Italy. So She's she's sent to live in Italy. After her mom dies, because that's what her mom wanted her to do. And she is given a journal from her mom Mm -hmm. to learn about what her mom's time was like while she was living in Italy when she got pregnant with her. Yes. And there are some people that are mentioned in both. There are some some people people. that are mentioned in both. And she does some things. Francesca is mentioned, does not play the same role. Nope. Ren is in both. Would not say plays really the same role. Lorenzo goes by Ren. Doesn't and go by Ren in, in the movie. It. And
0: Addie, her best friend, is in both. And you that's have to about say,
1: as similar You have to say Lorenzo
0: be. to have it apply to both because in the movie, they never call him Ren. Yes, they do. Do they? I feel like he doesn't go by it as much.
1: His moms, because they give him two moms instead of an American mom and an Italian dad. um, Call him Lorenzo, I think. They don't call him Ren. And he has a grandma who has famous gelato. The the way they introduce the gelato for the title is completely different. It's just, listen, we're not going to have enough time to talk about it all. So there's my brief summary um, with as much as what they both include as possible that i could.
0: Include. Yeah, which is <laughs> not much. Not a lot. <laughs> Spoilers. Not a lot. <laughs> Spoilers.
1: Can you already tell our opinions on the movie? Okay. <laughs> I'm not good at hiding my my thoughts and feelings. Who knows, um, maybe we loved it. Wait till the end to find out. <laughs> yeah, who knows. Um all right. So when we talked about Little Women, BT Dubs, that was our last episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, that was, fun. you know, back in um, a month ago. It was a couple weeks. It has not been a month. It's been a couple weeks. <laughs> we're we're not that far behind.
0: You're right. Um, it was a month
1: before that. Yes. Little woman is like sitting on its own in there. No. And then we did a mini sewed. We're trying. OK,
0: <laughs>
1: um, so but Taylor went first in that episode. So I'm going to go first in this one so here we go love and gelato in no particular order just kidding it is in particular order my number three (laughs) um i was so mad that they changed it and so because in the book first of all it's not rome it's florence and she lives with who she thinks is her father right in a literal graveyard like a memorial That's for crazy for World War II American soldiers that died in Italy or Europe during World War II. And her dad, Howard's job, he's not a professor. He no. is like the caretaker and works for this memorial. So he like gives tours to tourists and helps like take care of the grounds. And the house he lives in is literally like on the grounds, it is in the cemetery (laughs) yeah um it's quirky it was funny it added like a funny underlying tone to the whole thing right because she literally is grieving the death of her mother and trying to like overcome this huge like um like hole now in her life And when she gets sent to live in a place that she she doesn't really want to go to Lee to begin with, her grandma makes her go. Her mom's mom, Mm -hmm. her grandma basically was like, you have to go for at least the summer. She's supposed to be there for a whole year and like finish her high school, living there with her dad. But she really doesn't want to. And her grandma's like, you have to at least go for the summer. You have to at least try it out for the summer kind of thing. And she gets there and no one told her that she would be living in a freaking cemetery. (laughs) Like... It just adds this like twisted humor and it's a little bit of dark, like like just it's just funny. I thought it was so funny. I got a kick out of it. The way it was kind of brought back up throughout, like when it was brought up, when she met new people and they were like, oh, yeah, she lives in the cemetery. Like and she's like, it's a memorial, you know, and she like starts getting defensive of it, even though she also thought it was really weird when she first moved there and things. I just. So many stories in Italy are set in freaking Rome. Like, give me the graveyard. (laughs) Give me give me the World War II Memorial. (laughs) So
0: that's my number three. I was mad. Well, my number three kind of changed
1: that goes off of that.
0: Yeah. Specifically with the Rome versus Florence thing. And here's the thing. I spent a good couple of years of my college career Studying classics and literally studying yes. about Roman history, yes, <laughs> about it, Italy's, and it just all of that. I almost went to college in Rome. Like, I love Rome. It is one of my favorite cities in the world. That being said, <laughs> it is a very different place than Florence. Yeah, Florence it is. has a countryside charm that is so different than big city of Rome. And even Rome still
1: has, when you has, go to like downtown Florence, it still yeah. has that like Italy, Italian, European city feel with like the cafes and a yeah. lot of people eat outside. It's all and like, Italy.
0: And it's it all, all has old that. architecture. <laughs> it's all gorgeous. Um <laughs> oh, love
1: it makes it so me miss much. traveling. It's been too long.
0: Yes, but it it is. It's a totally different part. And I think if you ask any Italian, they would agree that saying Florence and Roma are interchangeable, they would laugh at you. They'd be like, what are you talking about? You crazy person, because they're so not. They each have their Mm -hmm. unique history, their unique attributes and culture within the culture. And so for them to just be like, well, you know, people may not know where florence is we should just do rome everyone knows rome like one way to not trust your audience two way to not introduce a cool new place in italy
1: well especially like, because all of the places that sh- her mom writes about in her journal entries and then that are in florence she talks about in the book and visits in the book are all real places in florence yeah yeah would have been really cool to see those in person, like see in person, see those on film, you know, like see those mm-hmm. on the screen instead yeah. of the same things that you see. Right. Oh, there they are driving by the clock Coliseum because every freaking movie set in Italian in in Italy, they feel like they have to drive by the Coliseum.
0: Like, <laughs> Lizzie McGuire movie.
1: We Lizzie know Maguire they do movie. it.
0: <laughs> so and especially like be- with it being more of a, a romance coming of age kind of story I feel like putting it in Rome just almost like cheesifies it a little bit where a you're just like <laughs> yeah I'm like come on I so I was mad about this setting change on top of just yeah not having the graveyard um but just totally changing the city too it's like not that hard to have yeah. actually done it where it's supposed to be and like you're so close. If you're already, you're already filming already in, in Italy. Italy. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> if you're already actually filming in Italy, you might as well just film in Florence. Italy is not the size of the United States. It no, is it's very small. easy to get from Rome <laughs> to Florence. It That's we not, like a 6-hour plane ride. You can drive there in a matter of hours. <laughs> Yeah, we drove all around
0: Italy and visited
1: all yeah, the places there when we went. It was like, amazing. In little smart cars. It was wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful summer. It's not
0: that hard. So. They yeah, don't have speed limits. No, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> they do. And I think it did. Again, I mean, we're going to talk more about this on our next points. But I think a reason that we're so hung up on the setting is also the way it influenced the changes in the rest of the movie. Like you said, how like she's supposed to go visit these places in Florence through her mom's journal kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like there's especially like one spot where in the movie they're like, oh yes, this guy knows about it. He's going to show her. Whereas in the book, it's like, no, her mom wrote about it. And it's like this cool hidden spot that they find. And it's like fun and exciting. And
1: she she mentions that her mom loved it. And then the guy goes, oh, you haven't been there yet. Yeah. I'll take you to the, bridge it's I can't remember what the bridge is called it's a bridge I it's a cool yeah. bridge in Florence it's the oldest bridge yeah. it survived World War II it's the oldest bridge in Italy or something the Medici's so, walked across it <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's just not only just the settings different because settings have been changed in other movies obviously and it hasn't totally ruined the, the whole thing but this one the setting was so integral integral to the story that to change mm-hmm. it then inherently changes the story so that's where well, the real even in lies. the movie they
1: do go to florence but for like an entirely different reason it's just they just change so it's much dumb. they change so much. it's dumb. we can't talk about all of it we need to keep going
0: yeah we need to, keep, we need to move it's, on it's, this is it's just late. number three it's
1: late and i still have two more points to talk about okay yeah <laughs>
0: um okay it was really
1: hard for me to narrow down between my number two and my number one, which one actually bothered me more because they both bothered me quite a bit. That's fair. But what I ended That's up going fair. with for my number two is the stupidity that was the entire character and introduction of Alessandro in the movie. Okay. He's so. Because again, while this book is, does have romance in it, I would not say it is first and foremost a romance book. Mm -hmm. I would say it is first and foremost a coming of age story. Yeah. A building's Roman, if you will. And (laughs) a coming coming to grips with yourself and who you are kind of story.
0: Yeah. And the movie,
1: I do, I feel like totally pushed that to the back burner and cheesified everything by introducing this really stupid love triangle and rivalry between lorenzo or ren and this new character alessandro which does not exist in the book in the book there is a boy named thomas who is actually very nice and british Mm -hmm. not even italian and things just don't work out between them whereas i feel like
0: alessandro is kind of just a jerk and a rich spoiled boy and i wouldn't call it even a, a love triangle in the movie i mean in the book in the book, it's not really a no, love triangle. No, that's In the book,
1: there's no triangle. Yeah. They're just both kind of there. And what, what I love is that in the book, first and foremost, Lorenzo was her friend. Lorenzo mm-hmm. was the first person she met when she – well, first, like, kid, like, first person her age that she meets yeah. when she gets to Italy, when she gets to Florence. And he's like, hey, let me introduce you to all these – and also, this is another thing, too, because they're younger – it's like, hey, let me introduce you to the other kids that go to the international school here. So they all speak yes. English. You can talk to them because where's this? Oh, yeah, I took Italian all through high school and I speak fluent Italian. No, she doesn't. She knows. No, zero she Italian. doesn't. <laughs> oh, I'm getting into my number one stuff with my number two. But it, listen, it's all it's very all messy. Overlaps. They're all
0: <laughs> intertwined. All it's the points. <laughs> so.
1: Lorenzo is first and more foremost like her first friend there that she feels like she can trust. And so, yeah, she still FaceTimes and calls her best friend Addie back in the States. But otherwise, she talks to Lorenzo about, you know, like, yeah, this is my father and I've only known him for four days. And I found my mom's journal and now I'm trying to deal with on top of the fact that she died. I'm trying to deal with all this added stuff that she never told me about. While she was alive and now that I have all these questions, she's not here to answer them for me, you know, like before any romance or, you know, romantic interest is even introduced. They're just really good friends. And a lot of the story focuses on that friendship and that is completely removed from the movie. And this stupid Alessandro character gets a ton of screen time and a huge focus of the movie is her relationship with this guy who's not that great. No, he's really not. Like, really not. And I just, it bothered me. It wasn't fun for me to watch. It was awkward most of the time. And I was like, this is not the story I thought I would be watching when I turned this movie on. (laughs) It's just not the same. Um, No, no, not at all. he, He took away what the focus should have been, which was the relationship and the friendship first. With Lorenzo mm-hmm. that then could bud and bloom into a romance, which in in the movie, I feel like the romance between them is like just, just like thrown at you and like tossed at you and like, ah, and now they like each other. And there was then they were meant to be together all along. And you're like, how? They've spent like zero time together. And this was set up really poorly. <laughs> like-
0: also, <laughs> the fact that they like pushed romance so hard. But then the end of the movie it's like only implied that maybe after a year they like rekindle something like what? Yeah, because there's added don't things make it, that like,
1: oh, she's going to go to MIT. Thing. No, they're still in high school. Yeah. She is 16 in the book. She's not graduated. She's not going to college. Like,
0: And he's also, not going off to become not a, becoming chef a chef or a chef. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just it's like they wanted romance to be so important, but then they like. Totally screwed up the ending with the romance. Because they
1: realized, like, it was like they realized halfway through, like, oh crap, yeah, this is supposed to be about her finding herself, and then like tried to redirect it that way, but it just. This is why I felt like it just didn't work. And then when I when I looked, and I'm not saying that a man can't write a book that's successful or write a story that's successful amongst young girls. No, 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 not at all. Because it definitely is possible. Um, And I feel like, right, like The Fault in Our Stars, um, Nicholas Sparks novels. Like there's a lot of male authors out there and male writers. (laughs) Not just the the sad ones, but you know, like they're not always sad. Not all of Nicholas Sparks books are sad and not all of John Green books are sad. But I'm saying that those (laughs) books are also very popular amongst a young female audience, typically. Yes,
0: that's fair. So it's not impossible.
1: (laughs) I don't want to come across as like. Sexist. men can't can't view the feminine perspective they can but it's rare and this <laughs> brandon camp guy just couldn't i don't think he was the right choice
0: knowing it's that also, he both directed
1: and wrote the screenplay yeah, I was yeah like, he uh, did both this was his little project that's probably why all of these changes were made and they weren't that great and he was like oh yeah love triangle. Chicks dig that stuff. Like no. No, what we really would have dug was the original story. That was in well, the we, book that you completely well, We would ignored. have really
0: dug.
1: Yeah, buddy. Like that really would have resonated more, I think, with most of us sir thank you for your input don't mansplain a romance to us thank you well i think it's also
0: hard when the director and the screenplay writer are the same person because i genuinely think it's important to have multiple inputs and multiple creative eyes on a project and so i agree but i also
1: feel like them being the same person can also help make the vision really cohesive we've seen that in movies in the past very rarely very rarely, <laughs> I'd say it's less common. It's it's nice when there's at least two screenplay writers because then you get the one who's like, "Okay, hey, you're going too crazy down your own vision. Remember, I this is think, an adaptation of this other thing." <laughs> yeah,
0: I just think it's important to have multiple inputs. And I don't know about maybe like the producers on this one, but it's also Netflix. I didn't look so at that. who knows? I didn't look into that. It's Netflix. So yeah. I don't. I don't know if maybe the producers. It was, could it was have released stopped in 2022, it, which means
1: they probably started filming it right as the pandemic kind of like ended, and they could open things up to start filming again. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe their choices were slim. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You can disagree with me. I'm not saying I'm like the end-all, be-all knowledge on this, but I feel strongly about it. <laughs> mm. But when do I not feel strongly about things? So. But yeah, so just in general, my number two. Why was Alessandro's character even added? It was stupid and pointless. Ren and should I have had more screen time like him. and more of a focus. No, I didn't.
0: And it's not like because sometimes you they introduce a love triangle to make you like the other guy more. Almost like they have the one guy be really scummy. So then you're just like, oh, yeah, the other guy's a way better choice. But it like almost wasn't that because I didn't really like either of them by the end. It's because (laughs) you didn't see the the one you're supposed to be rooting for. You like barely see him like there's
1: no relationship building. It just. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. Succinctly. I just mm-hmm. I felt like it was done lazily. How about that? I thought yeah. I think the the writing for the movie with how they adapted the story was kind of lazy. Yeah, that's fair. And stereotypical of just like oh yeah this this is a like a a, a YA love a, a YA romance book. Sweet girls they love chick flicks and so love triangles and rich rich foreign men cool like
0: rich can you give us
1: can you give us the meat that was actually in the book and not just all that stereotypical mumbo jumbo so anyway i will finish my number two with that
0: okay um on a different note do know why. Sorry, my charger's being weird, and my phone's about to die. <laughs> oh no!
1: Meanwhile, Derek has managed to fall asleep while we're recording.
0: Wow, that's impressive. A that man can
1: sleep through anything.
0: Okay, it's charging now. We will see how long it lasts. Okay, good. Let's see if it charges faster than it drains. <laughs> okay what was my number two again let me just remind myself journal okay great and we're back um (laughs) (laughs) okay so my number two is again all of these points are so intertwined so i'm really trying to think how to say this without going into Either of our number ones. It's just they're all going to overlap a little bit. We just understand that at this point. So the journal (laughs) that Lena is given from her mom is the way that they deal with it in the book versus the movie, I think heavily influences the storyline. Namely, in the book, I feel like, and I know it's partially because it's like, the written word you just get more emotion out of it and you can i don't know though i feel like they could have done this in the the movie as well but essentially i feel like they spread the journal out throughout the book like the journal was a constant companion to lena throughout her time in florence and you learned little bits at a time and got little bits from the journal as lena was experiencing like oh this place or going to this place or doing this thing that her mom wrote about and you kind of were able to learn about lena's mom slowly with along with lena and Mm -hmm. kind of watch how it changed lena's character And how she viewed things. And obviously it had a huge influence on other aspects of her life that I'm going to talk about in my first point. Um, Yep. (laughs) But then in the movie, I felt like it was like, oh, yeah, this journal. Cool. And it was like almost like one scene. And then you were like, anyways. (laughs) Well, again, and it was.
1: Again, the focus was on the wrong thing Mm. because in the book, there's this internal struggle. And she she she, even though it's been six months or whatever, since her mom actually passed, random things will still just she'll just suddenly get super emotional and just like tear up, which she finds super embarrassing. Doesn't want to cry in front of other people. When she first gets the journal, she yeah, she does not want to read it because reading it makes her sad, reading her mom's journals, makes it sound like she can hear her mom speaking in her brain, and then when she looks up, her mom's not there anymore. And that's Mm -hmm. something that's, like, super hard for her to overcome. And I just remember this scene in the movie where she's, like, reading her mom talking about X, right, quote-unquote X, Mm -hmm. and it's right after she caught Alessandro at lunch with some other girl, and she's, like... Anger eating a bunch of pastries and it's like, whatever, mom, life is blah, blah, blah. And it's just
0: like the focus is on the wrong thing. The
1: focus Mm -hmm. is on the wrong thing.
0: Especially because the movie shortened the grieving time already. And so it's like. Almost worse, it like almost makes Lena seem not even sad about her mom because they put so much emphasis on the romance that it's like, yeah, You don't get to see the grieving aspect of the story Mm -hmm. and the coming to terms with this, you know, huge change in her life and discovering who she is now that her mom's gone and discovering that she didn't know everything about her mom and that coming to terms with that and coming to terms that her mom didn't tell her all this stuff before she died and just all of that. It. Mm. I. It. The thing is, it had such potential. Like, and if they wanted to do to something cool, really good. Yeah. Like they wanted to do something cool in the movie, they could have done kind of a like flashback kind of thing where you could watch the scenes from the journal. And then mm. it like flashes back to her in those same spots that you just saw in the flashbacks. And, like it had such potential to be such a cool movie and well, so and well done. It had such potential to be such a cool coming of
1: age movie. Like, yeah. Focus on what it actually should have been. And, you know, like, hey, guess what? You can meet a guy and just want to be friends and like, that's okay. Like, just because you're 16 doesn't mean every relationship needs to be focused on love and romance. Yeah.
0: Well, there's also different kinds of love. And I feel like that's almost like the people read the title, like you said, love and gelato. And they think like love, like romantic love. But it's not just romantic love. It's familial love. It's, you know, the love that she has for her mom, mom. The love she's trying to grow for her dad. The love for the place that she's in and growing to love Italy like her mom did. Like there's love does not inherently mean romantic. And yeah. to i simplify it to that. I feel like it's just a disgrace to it's what a it is, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my number 2. Especially for a story that was
1: I mean this is written for a young audience. But it's Mm -hmm. graspable, even though it's... That's a weird word to say. I don't even know if that's a real word, but it was weird. (laughs) Um, It felt weird in my mouth as I said it. Um, Able to be grasped. But for (laughs) such heavy, difficult topics, multiple heavy, difficult topics to be included in one story that's kind of targeted towards a younger audience, I felt like Jenna Welch did a really good job with it. And then the movie just glazes over all of it and it's like no that's too heavy it's like no the book was sad and funny and and just a really fun read despite some of the sadder parts and the more distressing things
0: it definitely seemed like something that teens especially teen girls like need to read like yes you can you know like boys and you can have that romance, but you can also find yourself and do things for you, mhm, and grow confident in who you are, yeah,
1: so so yeah, I mean, I feel like we've mentioned already a lot of honorable mentions, but I'll mention oh, um, we have more <laughs> yeah, well, it's like Francesca her mom's roommate. Is mentioned in the book, in the journal, as her roommate. Yeah. She never actually meets her. (laughs) She talks to her on the
0: phone once. Yeah, but she never meets her. No, yeah, you never see her in person. So then they really just made that. She's not cousins with Howard. No. (sighs) I think one Um, big um, honorable honorable mention. seeing all of her other
1: friends. All
0: of the friends she made. Well, and like you said, the age... Aging up was a huge thing because it really changed yeah. the whole like the,
1: background, the and, life goals, the yeah, the plans for the future.
0: Yeah, all of it. Yeah, I know you're going to talk more about Lena, so I won't say anything. Yeah, else. I'm going to talk a lot about but her, but I I do want to talk about just the casting in general. Yeah, not my favorite. It's not great. It's not my favorite. I think that they just kind of missed the mark. It's not the worst we've seen by any means. Here's here's the thing.
1: I didn't like the casting. However, in twice in in, in typical Twilight fashion, you know who I did like the casting for. The like alienated awkward dad. Awkward dad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm there for Howard. I'm there for Howard. Howard. I did like who they cast as Howard. Mm-hmm. even though they made him Irish and not yeah. from South Carolina, like he was supposed to mm-hmm. be. But I did like his, the actor who played Howard. He, he, I think did a good job at fulfilling the role to what he was, to the best of his abilities with what he was given. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, that's fair. It's just the like rest. Howard
1: and Charlie. I can get on board with those dads.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then I think just the only other honorable mention that I wanted to say was the oh dang it, hold on, I just lost it. It's coming back to me. Oh man, I lost it. Okay, well maybe I'll mention it in my number one. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll come back to me by then. I'm trying to think of what it could have been. I don't know. There's a lot wrong. We know yeah, there's a lot wrong. I guess I already talked about the ending a little bit, but just to really, you know, drive home the ending, it was not good. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was so Um, not, it like didn't summarize what the story was about. No. Well, and I was annoyed
1: that they changed her mom's character too, where it's like, oh, after Italy, she, she, You didn't know your mom was a famous, was so good at photography. It's like her mom was a famous photographer. Yeah, that was her. She made a living doing it. Also, there we go.
0: When she left Italy. Setting changes. They were supposed to. She's supposed to be from Brooklyn, New York, not from Seattle, Washington. No, she's from Seattle. She, She goes from Brooklyn,
1: doesn't she? No, yeah, yeah. In the book, she's from Seattle. In the movie, they put
0: her in New York. Oh, sorry. I switched it. I switched it. Yeah. Yes.
1: Again, um, people don't know Seattle. We'll do New York. Oh, people don't know Florence. We'll do Rome. Like, come on. Like,
0: talk about picking two of the biggest main cities. Like Brooklyn and Rome. Like original. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing, uh, really quick. Is there weird emphasis on fashion and the fact that, like, Lena needed to be more fashionable when she went to Italy? That was also a little weird.
1: Well, let's just talk a little bit more about Lena, shall we? Yeah, there you go. Um, There's a segue for you. Book Lena, I resonated with because, well, as much as I could, right? like thinking back to myself as a 16 year old girl, right. Mm -hmm. You already are going through a time where you're dealing with insecurities, dealing with all sorts of, you know, your own emotional, hormonal growth, growth, and just like awkwardness. Right. And then add to that, your mom being sick and dying and she's all you had really, you know, and so in the book, the way I get her perspective in the book, even in those moments where like she's not perfect, where she is maybe a little short or maybe even can come off as like a little rude. Right. Especially like when she first meets Howard or first meets Sonia or some of these other people. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but I can understand that I can understand where she's coming from, even in her, you know, what you would say is not her best moments. Mm-hmm. I can still understand her and be sympathetic and empathetic towards her. Yeah. In the movie, I She's don't mean. get any of that. <laughs> She's just either awkward or annoying or it's like it's again going back to just like stereotypical like, oh, she needs to be quirky. She needs to be the quirky girl to be the protagonist. It's like, no, no. She can just be a normal teenage girl, like let her just be a normal teenage girl or this. Yeah. Oh, there's that one scene where she what does she say? Swimming? No, like I don't have a swimsuit body or some dumb, stupid comment. Where oh, it's yeah. Like,
0: she says, like, I study too much to look good in a swimsuit. And you're like, shut yeah, up.
1: Something like that. And I was just <laughs> like, this is so stupid and not what the focus should be at all um also or just also not a in the book good she's statement. a cross country runner
0: yeah she's like me she, in high school and
1: she loves food because she runs so much she's burning so many calories that she's yeah. constantly starving like she's hungry Again. all the time me in high she school goes on like a yeah she i was a swimmer in high school like you eat a lot when you're burning those calories
0: and you're a teenager and so you're just growing.
1: Yeah, So you have a high metabolism to start out with. What I wouldn't give to have that again, but I want to eat whatever I want to again. And that's what she does in this book. She eats a ton and whatever she wants. And she's in Italy where the food is amazing and I'm jealous of a fictional character. (laughs) (laughs) But she has unique personality traits. But also is just very normal, regular teenage girl. She's yes. on the cross country team. She's still in high school. She has a best friend and she's mad that she can't see her best friend during the summer. You know, like
0: typical and when classic. She, when she goes old. to Italy, she's like, I'm not staying, I'm not transferring schools, like, especially before your senior year. Like, no, like, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, no, I'm going to go back and graduate from the high school I've been going to where all my friends are and everything I know is. Like, yeah. Of course, it makes way more like it's such a more realistic struggle compared to, well, I really want to go to MIT like so I can't stay in Italy. I just
1: wanna, well, the, the one similarity is that they tr- that where they tried, I think, to get across some of that grief and nuance was I think in the early in like the beginning of the movie, she does say like. I just want to move on with my life and just go to MIT or something. She like says like one comment, maybe two comments Mm -hmm. about like, I just want to move on with my life. And you get a little bit of that in the book, but you get it with all of the additional context of 16 year old girl who doesn't know how to cope with these big emotions and grieve in a healthy way. You know, like it just, you don't get any of that context or the nuance of the book, and obviously you're not going to you can't. I know we've we've talked about this before because the book is written in first person perspective, right? Like you. Yeah. In the movie, you can't be in her head all the time, but it's just she just comes across as just like
0: boy crazy, kind of snooty,
1: doesn't it's just the again, the focus isn't on the right thing. And it shifted her personality and her character enough that in the movie, I don't really like her that much. Mm. And she like gets drunk that one time and then just like wanders. Around. And it's just weird. And it just doesn't match. Doesn't match who Lena is in the book. Yeah. She's a lot nicer. She's a lot more relatable in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I don't know how else to word it. I I feel like I'm walking. I'm talking in circles at this point. So.
0: Okay, that's think you hit on all. I think you hit on all the main points. Yeah. And again, like with her whole purpose being like going to MIT and then she like just like in the movie, it's like, oh, she takes a gap year, but then she still goes to MIT. I feel like it almost like. Defeats the whole like growth and like. It like kind of backtracks. It's like, yeah, but she's still got to do what she wanted. And it's like, no, she's supposed to like grow yeah. as a person. And then she goes to senior year in Florence. And who knows what she does after that? Because in the book, she's not thinking about college yet.
1: There's another book. It's called Love and Olives.
0: There I haven't got. read it. There's also a book it's called the Love, to Love in and... Gelato. Love and Lucky, I think. That's about her friend. I know there's three books. I know one of them is about her friend. Love and Gelato books. Ah, the Love
1: Collection. Love and Gelato, Love and Luck. Love and Olives. Luck, that one. Love
0: and Other Detours. So Love and Olives is about her best friend, Allie, from... Addie. Addie, sorry. From Seattle going to ireland with her family and her adventures there Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. i would imagine it mentions her best friend lena at some point yes oh yes i'm sure love and olives is the third book in the series oh so it's not just the follow-up to love and gelato it's the third but it can be read as standalone there you go. Because they're because compa- they're companions, not continuations. Good e- to know.
0: Didn't good to know. Mm-hmm-hmm.
1: Anyway. Yeah. Um, this book has convinced me that I really like uh, the way Jenna Evans Welch writes in stories. So I will check out those other ones. But anyway, what's your number one?
0: Alright, my number one is how the movie totally slaughtered the relationship with her father and her actual father. Both. Both because again, it's not
1: spoiler free. So, in
0: the Howard, book... Spoiler, big surprise, not her actual father. <laughs> not her actual father. The big, giant, North Carolinian man is not her father. Turns out, it's an this other guy but anyways first of all he's this other guy (laughs) he's this other guy turns out in the book lena goes to florence knowing who howard is like what her relationship is to him well
1: and stays with him doesn't tell her but her grandma tells her basically like when she's buying the plane ticket and it's like okay oh by the way howard your father oh your mother didn't tell you like
0: (laughs) yes But she, she, by the time she gets to Florence, she already knows her her supposed relationship with Howard. Or thinks that Howard, yeah. And also is staying with him at the graveyard. Yes. (laughs) So that allows their relationship to grow in the way that she's, you know, living with him. And he's trying to form this bond with this daughter that he's never met for 16 years. Who maybe isn't his blood daughter, as you know, you find out later down the book, but he still wants to be a father figure to her. You know, like he still Mm -hmm. hopes to be a part of her life and to help guide her through this last year of high school and to stay in contact with her. And the movie is just like, no, she's going to stay with Francesca and then she's going to meet Howard because it's her cousin Francesca's cousin, suddenly. And he's also not from America. And then is a professor. And it's like, like, how many changes do you need to make to this character? Like, he's a totally different character by this point. And then it's like this weird... Where, like, in the movie, Lena has to, like, figure out who Howard is. But, like, Howard's not her dad. And so it's like weird to like figure out who Howard is and then still want that relationship. Whereas in the book, it's like she started forming that relationship before she realized that, oh, technically he's not my blood father. Like, but I've already formed this connection with this man and he seems genuine and kind. And so I'm going to continue in this relationship. And, like, in the movie, it just feels, I don't know, disingenuine.
1: Again, I feel like the feelings and emotions I got from Howard's character in the movie still... Mm -hmm. I I felt like that actor did a really good job. Again, with casting, I really felt like he was the only one that was really that great. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but it's like... It takes two to tango kind of thing. Like Lena's character, I just in the movie, I just don't think delivered on that relationship, which is supposed to be a really important one. But again, like we talked about, they all cared about the romantic relationships and the romantic love. Who cares about familial love anyways? And then with how I kind of talked about the journal stuff before, it's like throughout the book and throughout reading the journal entries, Lena learns about this guy. Who her mom always called just X. Who she, she at the beginning assumes is Howard. But then later Howard's referred to by name and she realizes that this X guy is someone else. Is somebody she, else. Mm-hmm. Then finds out is one of her mom's old professors. She goes and meets him. He's a total jerk. And so she's like, I don't want anything to do with him. Like Howard. Yes. Like I'm going to consider you my father kind of thing. And it's this slow build and it's a really dramatic scene and it's a really important part of Lena's character development and her acceptance and processing and all of that. And the movie Mm -hmm. just kind of threw that all away. (laughs) It was just like.
1: I guess, like, put that but they on use, the they use that burner. to try and create some sort of tension or relationship between her and Ren. Yeah. In the movie. And it's just. It like, just again, doesn't yes, work. Lorenzo is there and supportive and a good friend for her in the book to start up. It. But it's just. Weird, the way they use that as the catalyst in the movie. I
0: didn't like it. (laughs) I didn't like it. It like ruined. Yeah, it just it just muddled the whole thing. And you didn't really end up getting that raw emotion. Yes. So, yes, that's my number one. I will wrap it up there. Because we are coming up on an hour here soon. (laughs) Yeah, and it's after midnight
1: now and I still have to go feed my baby and go to sleep, so Yes. We have some <sighs> the info pause. Um, I've got the Instagram one pulled up if you want to pull up the Facebook one. Oh, okay. I was pulling
0: up the Instagram
1: one. <laughs> oh, sorry. Instagram loads a lot quicker on my phone than Facebook does.
0: So <laughs> okay.
1: And well, Facebook's you, you not said you loading had up
0: before we started this. No, I said I had the Instagram one up. Okay,
1: fine. You get the Instagram one up, and I will try and get the Facebook one up. Facebook's not loading
0: at all for me, so you might have better chance. Switch, switch
1: I will find it. It's just taking a hot minute. All right. All right. I've got it. Okay. You have the Instagram one. Yes, I do. All right. Just a reminder to all, if you want to submit your fan faux pas, be featured on any future episodes, follow us on the social medias. And that's the easiest way to share your thoughts. All right. So first up, we've got um, a fan faux pas from Ally Lamb on Facebook. And I believe she was the one that suggested we do this book and movie in the first place. So
0: she was definitely one of
1: the people who requested it. Would make sense that she'd have some thoughts. So she says, I'm sure you will mention everything I'm about to say. And man, is there a lot to say with this one? I feel like I'm having P.S. I love you flashbacks, but I can actually tolerate this movie. Her mom dying, the journal and going to Italy is about the only things the book and movie really have in common. Thomas from the book isn't even in the movie. They pretty much made up the character Alessandro to replace him. In the book, it was more about Lorenzo or Ren, as he is known, and the movie pushed more of a love triangle. Don't get me wrong, I love a good love triangle, but this just felt more like an obtuse triangle. (laughs) I appreciate the movie having her try to deal more with the grief of losing her mom and giving herself time to grow instead of jumping into a relationship. But the book ending was better, so much better. I wanted more Lena and run in the movie. I'm not sure if it was how she was directed, how they wrote her or her own acting choices, but I did not care for movie Lena. She was just so whiny and spastic about everything. And while she was trying to be shy and insecure, it just didn't come off well to me. Facts on stacks. So...
0: Yes, yeah, we I are will, in agreement there. I will also say a, an awkward 16-year-old and an awkward 18-year-old, very different.
1: Yeah, I mean, st- you're still young at 18. You're still learning and growing a lot. But, but, but I, 16 is still, it, it's amazing what two years can do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And so having an 18-year-old act like a 16-year-old, I feel like also doesn't help. yeah. Okay, the other one is from Sierra Raults18 on Instagram. She says, Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I just finished the book and movie for the first time. I definitely liked the book way better. When I opened the book, I had expected it to be a stupid, cheesy, happy-go-lucky rom-com. Instead, I found a funny, intelligent, platonic relationship-focused book. I really liked Ren and Lena as friends and how much we got to see them in action. I liked how we got to see Lena be this strong, sassy runner. It was cool to see her feelings evolve for Howard from a cold shoulder to anger to acceptance and love. Unfortunately, the movie messed all this up in the name of drama and glam. I hated how the movie started with that shiny dress and how we made more oh time. Oh my gosh, with- I
1: hated that dress. I hated yeah. that dress. I thought it looked awful.
0: Yeah. I did not and like how it. we had more time with alessandro aka thomas stupid name change by the way than ren <laughs> i'm sad we get less of ren in the movie i love his funny blunt personality and howard being an over- overprotective dad to him about lena they also switched out the hilarious premise of lena having to go live alone with her mom's old friend who may or may not be her father in a cemetery that is a <laughs> unique story Living the city life in Rome post-high school graduation is cliche, and I'm not sure why they had to change this. Speaking of dramatic, they left out Lena's entire confrontation with Fozzie. I feel like in the movie, they kind of just told us he was a jerk instead of showing us that he was. Besides showing us he was an excellent ghoster, first with Hadley, then with Lena. (laughs) Overall, I just felt the movie really shallowed out the whole book by not fleshing everything out fully, thus becoming the airheaded rom-com I feared it would be when I picked up the book so sorry this comment is so long i liked this book way more than i thought i would and so i have a lot of thoughts about the movie
1: <laughs> same no i worries. liked this book way more than i thought i would and yeah similarly i thought i would pick it up thought it would be like lizzie mcguire movie the book not so much but the movie kind of a little bit <laughs> except worse um <laughs>
0: I Except will I say, I actually like the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> yeah, I did remember what my honorable mention was going to be while I was reading that comment. Oh, okay. From um, the whole premise of her going to Italy in the first place was changed. They changed it from like, this was your mother's wish, to like go. Oh,
1: spend it was their graduation
0: trip compared to we had this trip planned like I had this trip planned with my mom and it's like your mom would want you to still go on this trip that you had planned together like it's a totally different premise to the whole thing in the first place so just another you know tiny thing they changed that rippled and ended up changing the whole thing so yeah but yes thank you Allie and Sierra you both made some great points and we agree with you wholeheartedly (laughs) Yes. Yes, we do. Good. Very
1: well put. Well thought out. Mm-hmm. Fan faux Um We now ask the age old question of was the book better?
0: I mean, it's such yes. a tough
1: one. <laughs> 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 no, not even a question, oh, really? No. Yeah, no,
0: the book is the book is definitely better. I, I I really
1: recommend you read it if you haven't read it before.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. If, if you've
1: seen the movie and you were like, uh like, no, the book is so different and so much better.
0: If you are a rare person out there who likes the movie better, please tell us why. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> Help me understand. <laughs> uh. Alrighty. Well, but yeah. That pretty big no brainer. That's and Gelato. book yeah, yes. book was way better, and it's not even a like long read. Like it's it's like a pretty like quick read because it's for it's a YA book, you know. Like, I it's mean, not like it's, it's,
1: yeah, it's it's not short by any means. It's I have it in front of me here. Let me do do mm. do do. The print it is, version. Um, Three hundred eighty-nine pages on paperback, so it's almost four hundred pages. It's not what's short, the,
0: but. I feel like the writing, it's, it's like still it's still an, an easier read. read. Yeah, it's.
1: Yeah, it's easy to read. Mm-hmm. Oh, Love and Olives. My book, my copy of the book has a little a little you excerpt at the back of out of Love and you Olives, which is apparently it? in Greece. That makes sense. You're thinking of Love and Luck. Love and Luck is the one with Addie. That's what I said. In Ireland. That's what I said it was. Oh, I thought you said that was Love and Olives. And I was like, why no. would it be olives in Ireland? No. I was so confused.
0: Clearly it was Love and Love. <laughs>
1: um, I don't know who Love Oh, Love and Olives is about Liv. I don't know who Liv is. Is Liv in this Who's book? Who is Liv? Is Liv one of her friends that she meets Maybe. in Italy? I think she is. I don't yeah. remember. Names are hard. It's also my daughter's name. So when I see Liv, I just think of my daughter, who we call Liv. Which sometimes. is funny because so. Addie is your other daughter. Also my other daughter's <laughs> name. I know. I'm like, could I have picked more just like typical white girl names for my children? I don't know. <laughs> Olivia and Adeline. We go by Livy and Addie. So anyways, um, yeah, those, those are our thoughts. Um, mini sewed we know we're going to do book recommendations next probably and then um surprise for all of us for the other one and then um we will be doing holes when we return to normal episodes in a couple weeks here so um more than a couple weeks like three weeks but still um plan ahead if it takes i mean holes is also another relatively short easy read you should be able to read that in three weeks we're giving you plenty of time here plenty of notice Mm. um as well as we'll give you some other books that you could potentially read if you need something else but um yeah right we're done that's that's it yeah i think that's it
0: cool well we hope you all have a great week and don't forget to read